Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse Nelson, Nelson, Nelson. I felt howdy, Joseph. To say it that way. Calling in from the terrace as we have been. We're gonna try something new. This might actually yield a higher quality recording, after all, once we figure right. it out. Jesse, I have been messing around with the Kalita Wave. You might recall from I, te- I talked about this on one of our recent shows. I don't know, but I had several criticisms on my Kalita Wave Brewing Guide on YouTube. In that guide, I recommend not rinsing the Kalita Wave filter. Yeah, you and I have been over this. Right, right. We've had back and forth on this. And yeah. so I made I made that brew guide uh, like three years ago, four years ago, something like that. And I learned about the not rinsing from someone else couple i heard it from a couple people and i started testing because originally i rinsed because that's what you do right i got uh, recommendations to not do that with the kalita wave that not only does it not impart paper taste but it actually brews better when you don't rinse it and so i did a bunch of testing and i agreed i couldn't like i couldn't yeah you're trying to convince me yeah this is years ago i couldn't taste this is back when i cared about the kalita wave (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, i miss mine I got to bring it home. So, like, at, at best, I couldn't really taste a difference. And I also noticed that it brewed more consistently, not rinsed. Um, filters seem to sometimes, like, just collapse when I pre-rinsed it. And so that's why, that, that was the kind of conclusion I came to. I was like, okay, not only can I not really, they, like, they taste the same most of the time, but it brews more consistently well why not rinse right so. and i mean in my my feeling was that i and kind of still is i haven't done a lot of taste tests on it but my understanding of the physics is that as soon as you add water to the grounds anyways the filter might as well be wet because it's going to lose its shape yeah yeah that that could certainly be yeah i i don't know anyway so i i had done these i done these tests a long time uh, ago it, came to that i'm gonna interrupt you real quick it's sort of like the old thing that you used to play put your finger in the top of the grounds on the chemex so when you poured your water in it would get to the bottom quicker oh i never knew that one yeah i just that's why i started using a stir stick because it seemed kind of silly to me oh interesting and so that was my recommendation not only was the taste pretty much the same but also it makes it easier for i think this is also key for me in giving people brew guides is i want people to have the easiest way to get a good like really good consistent brew and i think it's far easier to get someone into brewing something if they don't have that extra step it sounds like a simple step but when you're like getting into brewing really good coffee the less things for you to think about and manage the better like dramatically better it's so much easier to get someone into brewing when there are less things to do that's why i like starting oh, yeah. with I mean, the french press because it's like add coffee add water wait four minutes right. press and that's why, like, a scale is an easy tool to get started on because it makes sense. Most people know how to use it, and it just that's, like, the key variable to control is right. the weight and the proportions. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that kind of thing where, you know, that sarcasm I have saying that we go for a B plus because there's so many variables that, you know, you really got to focus on the ones that you can control and try and limit all the other variables. I, you I, can get into the science one way or the other in that little 1% <laughs> difference, but yeah, the vast majority. There's fair argument for for rinsing like taking out paper taste and that sort of thing and that's like eliminating variables yada yada anyhow and chemex filters hold 14 grams of coffee which is almost the entire you know gram of of coffee so that makes a difference on brewing that's my big thing for for rinsing a chemex filter is that you don't want that first brew of that coffee to be absorbed into the paper first hmm, interesting that weight 
I yeah, was, I mean, if you just if you just weigh the Chemex, you know, before with a dry filter and then rinse it. I started getting a bunch of comments that are like, "Oh, this is this is ridiculous. You need to rinse your filter. This is such the worst advice ever. It makes such a huge difference." And, and if everybody goes back and looks at the comments, that's exactly what they were. Yeah, and <laughs> exactly. What <laughs> I'm going to make comment videos for you. Of- Thank you. <laughs> I I usually because I I get like I get a lot of of criti- critical comments on the videos all the time anyways because people are like it's super opinionated uh like people are yeah. passionate about coffee they have their opinions they want to they want to make them they believe they're right that's cool that's fine but i started getting several people saying it and i said you know what you know i it's been a while since i've looked at it something could have changed i could be wrong and so i started playing around with it again where sometimes i rinse sometimes i don't i haven't conclusively determined yet i'm not sure that there's that much of a difference Right. Isn't that the hard part? Like it is the fact that a connoisseur like yourself can't come close to conclusively. Uh, I mean, it would be easier if I had two Kalita waves, like two identical Kalita waves, and I could brew simultaneously. Um, yeah, and I'm not like invested enough in being completely <laughs> in science correct on like for ninety nine percent of people out there, this doesn't matter. Like rinse it, don't rinse it. The rest of the brewing is the same. Whatever. Um, I have found that uh, it brews more consistently now when rinsed. Like I, I'm not noticing the same things that I did before. And I am wondering if the filters are being made differently. I actually got in touch with Kalita and the, the rep that got back to me told me that their, their recipe and process is, has not really been changed, but they are using different equipment to make the filters now than they were. So I think it's, it's not without i think it's feasible that there there could be some difference in the filters from when i was doing it in the past like the filter paper and the way that affects the brewer is makes is all the huge. difference it's I so huge. all the difference but it makes a big difference yeah yeah i mean even the difference between bleached paper filters and unbleached brown filters like so if there's just something structurally different about Kalita wave filters now it's possible that you know Maybe now, if you're being optimal, like completely optimal, maybe it is right to rinse it now. I'm not sure. It's certainly my my, my conclusion now. I guess it what could I'm be that you're is, in a new apartment and the water is different. Yeah, well, that's something that that I'm also interested in is what effect does the the water itself have on that? Does some water need a paper need the filter to be rinsed and some water not? Uh, that's an interesting thing. There's so many different like variables that are hard to control there. Um, I think my current conclusion is now, like, uh, if someone's just getting into the Kaleida Wave, I would say don't worry about rinsing at the beginning. Just have fun playing with the brewer. If you feel good about rinsing it, go ahead. Like, I think that's fine. Rinse or don't rinse, you're going to get a good brew with it. I do like finding the optimal thing. Like, if there is if there is a, is a significant or noticeable taste difference between rinsed and not rinsed, like consistently, like if the rinsed version is clearer, for example. Uh, Did you principle. ask the rep what they recommend? No, I didn't. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> thing. I probably should. <laughs> I'm so convinced that uh, I they don't know. I know what I'm doing that I don't want their opinion. <laughs> I'm just like I'm trying to troubleshoot your problem for you. I don't need your opinions. <laughs> right. No, that's uh, that's not the case. Uh, I uh, that's a that's a good point. I'll fire back and and ask what they recommend. But yeah, I think for people getting into like brewing, that whole rinse step can 
like interestingly seem daunting. It's it's like it's like a speed bump, you know, in getting into I your suppose. Bird. Even though I mean, as l- soon as I realized it, it was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I only. I mean, I just do it out of habit now. I mean, I I definitely do it for the Chemex, but I think, right. think it's necessary for the smaller papers. Mm-hmm. Well, that unless they're. This morning, I my first brew today, I brewed unrinsed. Uh, I didn't really think about it. It's just what I usually do with the wave. I just brewed it unrinsed, and the brew was fantastic. And then as I was brewing my second brew, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't rinse that. Well, let me rinse this time. And the result that I got with a rinsed on this particular brew, different coffee, so it's not like one-to-one, but um, <laughs> I... <laughs> there's a there's like a well, muddy, that, that there's like a muddy negates off. well no there's oh. like certain qualities you know from like coffee to coffee it's yeah. not just about the taste but also the ratio and the grind setting can change between coffees yeah that's true yeah. that's true but i mean that's the point is like uh, also right is like if if it's such a minute effect that you can't really tell coffee to coffee whether it matters or not then what's the point of like sweating about it I, I, well, what, what were you brewing though? So the first coffee, coffee I brewed was a uh, Columbia. Can't nice. remember exactly, but it's it just a nice, like, average, good tasting Columbia coffee, right? Just kind of chocolatey and yeah. nothing too adventurous. But it can't like the taste came out clear, crisp, like nothing extra. So there was nothing in in the brew. Like when I'm when I'm looking at, at trying to figure out. You know the effect of a filter on the brew i'm looking at differences you know rinsed and not rinsed and various factors but also like usually when i when i have a brew with a filter that needs to be rinsed like i can taste something extra like there's a noticeable thing in there and so plenty of times i brew with the clear to wave and i don't see that you know not not rinsing the filter and i don't see that so the 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 columbia this morning i had fantastic (laughs) wouldn't it wouldn't be able to tell you that the filter wasn't rinsed um, when I, the second brew I did was with the last of my, uh, port of mocha. I got their like May relief blend cause they're doing, they're doing this, um, lower cost. Right. <laughs> I should lower cost would be in air quotes. Um, it is, it is a lower cost than their, their single origin, uh, that they've been doing their like series subscription, which I think is like a really good deal for a nice extra coffee uh that one was their their portamoca subscription is i think about 25 or 30 a month for a five ounce bag one of their single origins and their blend is 15 dollars for a five ounce bag so it's significantly lower it's in only price. it's only 50 bucks a pound instead of 100. right i mean it's it's still it's a yemen coffee like you yeah. get that you get that thick richness that you mm. don't get in other that was coffees. your second cup was yemen yeah, the second brew I had this morning was the end. Oh, well, yeah, that's going to be a night and day difference. A washed, a washed Colombian to a, a natural Yemeni coffee is going to be. Well, yes, I'm not. Totally uh, obviously, obviously, the taste in the cup was different. What I am dis- disagreeing with your entire scientific method, Joseph. This is not a I scientific a method. Good, Do I, not argue with me. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, I, um, there was a muddiness I, to this brew that shouldn't have been there. And I'd rinse the filter. And my point is not that the filter should not be rinsed, rinsed or not rinsed. My point is that the difference between yeah, rinsed and cough. not rinsed is so insignificant compared to all the other variables that it maybe it right. doesn't really matter. Shall we topic from the mug? Oh, are we ready for that? 
Do you, sure. you want to comment on my? Uh, I feel like we had rankings? other stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah. What What's up with you? What do you want to share with the with the group? <laughs> well, this morning I rinsed my Chemex filter and uh, had a lovely, lovely cup of our brand new Peru coffee. Remember, like three or four episodes ago, I said that I'm not going to tell you what I'm drinking. Yes. And that we should ask me later, and nobody did. So I haven't revealed it until now. But I can't keep it secret anymore because I'm already into my second bag of it. We sold a bunch of it, and um, not much, not much to report. Just um, you know, it's beautiful, beautiful spring out here in in the Northwest, and really looking forward to getting back in the routine of some work and good, good. I don't know, staying busy with that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going well. Oh, we started our build out at Conduit for our next phase of. Uh, of kind of hosting spaces and stuff like that, having a having a beautiful place. So got some drywall hung and what, doing some fun where are you so. where are you doing this like construction? Like where's this? Well, to all of our listeners that have definitely been to Conduit before, yeah. um, mm-hmm. we're basically mirroring our kitchen over to the other side of the room. So I'm finishing the wall currently, and then we're going to hang our cabinets, the kitchen cabinets mm-hmm. and stuff like that, on the other side of like the street the street side of the of the big room, um, and then. So that's pretty cool. It's going to look all right. Uh, and the big change then is where the kitchen currently is. We're going to build a green coffee storage room so we can store more coffee oh, okay. and have less of a cluster. So that that's the area the which room. is kind of under the grotto. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the grotto is still going to be there. We're going to expand the grotto, actually. It's going to be a better usable office space. Hmm. So the idea is that the space is more productive for other businesses and other individuals to use it both for um, roasting, but also for, you know, I'm picturing like importers that, you know, because of the COVID crisis, maybe can't afford office space in Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Seattle or, you know, and so, but they still need a place to, you know, once a week or once a month call home that they can invite people over and have meetings and tastings and stuff like that. So I want to make it, you know, it's going to be a nice space. Yeah, that sounds really cool. So Um, I'm excited. Goodness. We need to get this whole uh, COVID nonsense done with so that. I don't know. I mean, it's I miss going to the bar, but I think that we're all becoming a little bit more self-reliant. I think that there's going to be a more appreciation just, for the small businesses and stuff. I just miss being a conduit. What can I say? I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm enjoying not having as much work. I'll be honest with everybody. <laughs> I mean, in, as far as like the physical roasting work, there's been some really good stuff with the grant writing and and oh, helping good. out um, other groups of people and other individuals and just some good mental stuff you know that you don't make money on but there's time to think about it and do it so right right yeah i've been and my uh, oven arrived so i've been baking tons of bread and pizzas nah. so currently while we're recording i have honey whole wheat uh oat bread in there i mean i really wish i could eat a lot and, of bread but yeah i just can't i will it's, eat this whole loaf good. of bread today oh a uh, little shout out to one of our customers sea wolf bakers in in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle, they, uh, they're struggling, of course, like everybody, because they relied a lot of people, um, coming into their cafe to buy their pastries. Um, but now they're selling giant bags of flour, which is really fun. Their own flour mix. So it's delicious. Mm. So I think that every, you know, you can look around, um, other bakeries, I'm sure are doing that other places in the country. Um, you know, it's an easy way to support them and still make all your bread for Instagram at home. (laughs) That Instagram bread. Yikes. I know. Uh, a friend of mine, when I sent her a picture of the pizza, she was like, well, that's way better looking than all this stupid bread I see on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, 
speaking of, I, I think I think certainly a lot of people picking up new little hobbies and stuff, being stuck at home. Um, I've taken the the opportunity or, yeah. to watch less stuff, actually, and read more, and uh, started learning the guitar as well. Um, awesome, which is quite enjoyable. We'll have to have a zoom a zoom guitar. Hey, on that note, we're still doing our Zoom things on Fridays. Everybody can drop by, and including you, Joseph. That's um, right. CoffeeLoversRadio.com slash Zoom. Yep. I'm really enjoying it. They're they're totally informal. Yep. And you don't even have to have your picture on. We just kind of yammer. And yeah, I'll it's be not there. Like this podcast episode. I'll be there this Friday. Yep. Maybe uh maybe we could uh, live stream a little bit of that on Instagram or not. Yeah, let's figure that out. <laughs> let's not waste any more time on that today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, from the mug. From the mug. From the mug. Beautiful. Oops. <laughs> we have number 73. What goes into the manufacturing of coffee? <laughs> Life in the bagging department. Uh, life in the bagging department. Um, labor is so is uh, it's it's a huge part of coffee. Is how much mm. effort goes into making it, and the smaller scale you are, the much much greater proportion. I I can labor. actually I can actually speak a lot yeah. to that. Um, right with your experiment, yeah. I mean, I think you probably have a better idea just for like the casual supply chain of of hey, I want to buy roasted coffee and sell it on my magazine page. Right, exactly. Like? So, I uh, this was must have been like three years ago now. Um, I had to I had to stop because the the time effort for the result was was too much, and I wasn't able to scale it fast enough. Um, but I created this was when it was Coffee Lovers Magazine. Um, it's Extracted Magazine now, but it was Coffee Lovers Magazine. So I created the Coffee Lovers Box, which was a a curation each month I would pick uh, three coffees that I enjoyed and I would include them in the box uh, and so it was a subscription you get a box of the three coffees and I think it was four ounces each uh, of those coffees so um, it was a good amount of good amount of coffee for that kind of like sampling uh, to go through and each month in, in order to order to make it work out because um, yeah, there are there's some tricks to the supply chain with it. I wanted to get everyone the freshest roasted coffee possible. So what a lot of a lot of companies do that that make this kind of thing, um, where you like the trade trade does something similar in terms of like coffee subscription. You can get coffees from different roasters, but when you order from trade, they then place the order with the roaster and the roaster sends it to you. Uh, so I didn't want to. To do that kind of thing, because right, dropship model, that kind of dropship model with the with a roaster, I certainly wasn't roasting at enough of a volume to make that pain worth it for the roaster. <laughs> um, and even if I was working at the volume, I would still want to handle it more in house. Like I wanted my brand on the box, but also like showcasing the brands of the individual roasters on there. So right. I would pre sell the boxes for each month, and then. On the, the the end date, like when the timer was up for that particular month, I would then, you know, count up all my orders and order that 
you know, the appropriate amount from each roaster. And it was often like five pounds or more, five to 10 pounds from each roaster each time. Yeah. So I had, I had a pretty decent amount going. Um, I think the height I, I was doing that. like 50 boxes. And, uh, so I, I bought, uh, I did buy wholesale, just standard paper bags, like kind of the same kind of bags that you use. Um, I think maybe even starting off, I bought them from you, but then I did place like a, a couple orders with the, the actual bagging people. Um, yep. I printed the labels myself on printer at home actually turned out really well. But, uh, so I would, I would print the labels each month, like design and print them each month. Uh, I'd run down to, to FedEx printing place, whatever, and trim them out. Um, get them onto each of the bags. And then once I got the coffee, uh, go through and, you know, bag all those bags. So if I was doing 50 boxes, that was 150 little bags of coffee that I'd have to put together, get them all into the boxes. And then, um, I couldn't just ship the boxes, uh, because I wasn't doing enough of a volume where I could, like affordably <laughs> ship an individual box like it, it, this is just packaging coffee this yeah is, this, this is just packaging only, coffee if you order like i was i was kind of modeling my old process from Beanbox because they did something they do something similar where um if you get their sampler box you know they have like roasters in their sampler box but when they ship their boxes out their boxes that the cot that the bags are in are just labeled and shipped themselves but they're doing um, you know, hundreds and hundreds every month. I don't know, thousands probably. Thousands. Thousands every month. Uh, that's they true did now. 88 <laughs> tons. 88 tons of coffee this year in the holidays. Wow. November, November, okay. through January. Thousands. Uh, <laughs> I remember when those guys started tens out. Tens of thousands. That was, yeah, uh, 600. 600 boxes their first year. Yeah. Now they're at 88 tons. And their bags are two-ounce bags, so whatever 88 oh, wow. translates into. Yeah. So um, you have to get to a certain volume in order to make that that profitable. Like the, This is like the, the biggest challenge with coffee is like the costs are so much and the margins are so small. So when I started off, I think uh, my at the beginning I made the boxes like $20 because I wanted to get people in it. And the cost to me with like all the supplies and the coffee and the bagging and everything was like 18 um, per box. I, I eventually raised the, the price to 30 and the conversion rate was about the same. So I could have possibly been doing it that way all along and had a, had a much greater margin, but I also just wasn't able to scale it up. I needed to be doing, instead of, instead of 30 to 50 every month, I needed to be doing 200. So if I could get to 200, then... Um, economies of scale start getting into place i can use the like the the price per box goes down i was buying um like pre-made boxes off amazon that weren't exactly right like it would have been better to to get boxes made specifically for this with the branding on it you know and bags specifically with the branding on it but that price goes up but then the price comes back down when you get to a certain number well, right, but there's also there's, the only reason why the price goes down is because you have to order in a minimum amount, right? Like it's a lot cheaper for us to order printed bags if we order thirty thousand of them. Right, exactly. But um, we but would never if order you thirty thousand. But like ordering the thing a thousand, is if you have the printed bags and you have like the pre-made, like the the right boxes, branded boxes, then all that time dealing with the stickers and getting all that together is cut out, and that like adds up significantly. 
and then if you have like the bagging machines you know that time gets reduced so needed to get that up to a certain level where i could t essentially use the profit to get other people to do it for me um and then keep scaling it up from there but i i couldn't get past uh like 50 a month with what i was doing so i think that kind of that kind of coffee product like there's there's the there's the kind of coffee well, product which people just order constantly all the time because they always want coffee and want to have it available but then there's right. kind of like it's that what i was doing is more in the luxury then there's the level, coffee treat yeah like the treat so mm -hmm. there were certain there's certainly a set of people who would just continue ordering that every month and enjoy having the treat but some people were like i want to try this now and then go back to my usual or some people would you know try like two or three months and then order yep. from one of those roasters individually um, I think, yeah. or they, they're just like shopaholics and they're just buying coffee online and they try everything and don't right. really stick around. So, yeah, but back to, back to like the, the manufacturing, just all the, all the packaging and coordinating that, like I had to go to the roasters and pick up the coffee. Um, sometimes when I had the larger months, there were a couple months where I was able to have it shipped to me. Um, like that, that extra cost wasn't really, um, that big of a deal. Uh, but sometimes, like on the on the smaller months, it made more sense for me to go pick it up. Like, um, I think I when I you first didn't have a car this whole time either. No, I didn't have a car. I borrowed a car for one of the months I remember because I went up to uh, visit Velton and pick up right. some coffee. That's right. Um, and then when I continued using Velton, I I picked it up at a one of the cafes he he delivered to in Seattle. Uh, not far from where I was living, actually, so that worked out well. But there's that trickiness. I wanted. I mean, I was I was trying to showcase the roasters in their work and and do it in a way that was that was like equitable for them versus like trying to squeeze my profit out of the roasters' end of things. You know. I thought we were talking about the supply chain of bagging coffee. Isn't that what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. All right. <laughs> very long way around all the labor going into it i mean that illustrates what it felt like anyways but you you have a roastery you have <laughs> what like, it's like to listen to you talk about it with like yeah yeah you, you're welcome. yeah it, you you have a roastery you have like a manufacturing setup that uh you know you have you have a whole system and it it flows well um and you're dealing with a lot more bagging on a more consistent basis than i ever was so well, right. Yeah. I mean, it's all about being set up for it and being ready to go. You know, I don't know if we're bagging much faster than you. We just have benches set up for it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, if I count screen printing and then stamping the bags and filling the bags, tying them and then putting them into delivery pouches, it's, you know, it's, it's like four minutes per bag mm. going mm -hmm. out. So if you're dealing with a hundred, hundred bags, that's many hours of, of right. work. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then being able to schedule that and be consistent with it, you know, in addition to keeping up with the orders and the customers and all the variables that change. Um, plus all this, of course, is that coffee is perishable, so you have a time frame that you have to get it all done when. Done. Mm -hmm. And that adds layers of complications on things. You know, if you don't have a vehicle and you have to go up to Everett to <laughs> go get coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's you true. Know, and if you're selling them in a box, you don't want coffee that's roasted you know, many days differently. Well, no, from the different, no. from the different roasters. 
that was that was another that was another aspect to it. I I scheduled everything to work well on the roaster schedule, so that they would uh, roast it. You know, within a a day or two of my placing the order. Yeah, Joseph, it was really relieving working with you because you actually did the legwork on trying to make things work. You know, a lot of customers and that we have, I shouldn't say a lot, but some customers that we have just don't understand all of it that goes into that. And so it's just difficult. It's like, no, you got to get your orders early in earlier because we just aren't roasting those days. Right. So if you get it in late, we're, you miss the window. And there's not much we can do about that. You know, we're not big enough to just be there, you know, those 60 hours a week roasting the whole time. Right. Well, yeah, there, there do seem to be some people who are doing like subscription model type things where they're like, uh, yeah, so we want you to roast just whenever our customers order the coffee. Yeah, I know. Um, it's like, well, yeah. I get, I get, I get fulfilling the order when the customers want it, but it's really difficult to roast all the time when, especially when they're small amounts, one bag, two bags, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into work spend an hour warming up, warming up the roaster to roast one batch of coffee and then turn it off just so, you know, this website operates efficiently. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is, I feel like I'm drifting into a sidebar, but, um, (laughs) the, uh, it, it feels like a, a popular thing in, in business in general. I want to say it's a thing of like these days, but maybe it's always been a thing. But I, I do see a lot of people who, who start a business because they have this really great idea for um, how they want to make money or the customer end of things, and they don't think or about the, the entire product. chain. Right? Yeah. They're like, this final oh, product is yeah. going to be awesome, uh, and we're just, you know, we're, we're going to be so great and have so many customers that the people on the other end who are supplying us are just going to do what we ask or we'll find someone who will. It's like, I mean, I guess... I guess it works. Like people make these businesses and run them like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. It takes money, right? I mean, that's the thing is like, there is profit to be made. It's just the margins are so small that in order to kind of pay everybody, especially to get started in it, you just got to have the capital up front to pay for that labor or pay for all those labels or bags or whatever, you know? Right. Um, and the mar- and you know, I was never able to really design on like decide on a final bag design that I wanted to spend all the money to get printed on for 20,000 bags. Right. You know, that's part of it is that my creativity was in wanting to roast coffee, not in the graphic design and the effort into marketing and all that kind of stuff that takes to kind of do that realm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just that everybody's different and it's really hard to do all those things. And coffee just covers every single spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, just like coffee just makes it's like dealing with grocery items and websites and selling t-shirts like it's like coffee just has a piece of every single market yeah that's interesting and i guess you got Wholesale, the whole spectrum retail, online like and yeah. you have to do it all like we can't not sell coffee online every single yeah. roaster that we know every cafe you know for like every roaster cafe like they're all selling coffee online now well especially we right about now, that i think off air the um, only way yeah exactly but like, you know they're all offering free shipping and it's like well why would you offer free shipping like there's you don't make enough money on a bag to cover that five dollar shipping right um, so, you know, it's that, that quote free shipping, but it's a, well, also free shipping is not like a special thing anymore. Right. That's why I just charge for it. It's like, yeah. Nah, shipping's shipping. Like it's not our money. It's just going straight to the USPS. So, right. You know, we're just going to show that separately because, you know, it's independent of my business. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like there, there's this there's this range in in business of people who make a business to make money, and people who use like make a business for other reasons, and the making of the money is what makes it possible to do those things. I don't know if that makes sense, but that that right. there's like there's like this range to me, and and it's those people who are like making a, a business to make money who just kind of don't think about the the impact that they have, positive or negative, and the the entire supply chain and how that interacts with the world around them. Um, mm-hmm. Anyhow, and how expensive that is, you know. I mean, we're like just like what we're seeing now with cheap meat, you know, in this crisis is that it's not sustainable. It's only cheap meat because of the subsidies and, you know, near slavery conditions at these packing plants. Um, Right. And the, the very much choreographed agriculture industry that gets backlogged and then they just have to cull the animals. I mean, it's just that, you know, good coffee, it costs more money than what regular consumers are expecting to pay, you know, and, and, we're in a tough place to be in both worlds to both have the quality coffee and try and charge as much as we can for it, but also, you know, forgiving or forgoing a lot of the profit just to sell the coffee. Yeah. 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 Well, on that note, go support your local businesses. (laughs) We all love you and we all need your support and help. And I think we're starting to open up. And so the takeout windows are showing up and, um, yeah, get out there and spend their money locally. Yes. Yep. Give our, give money to businesses that are PSA that care about them. humans, uh, not businesses that are just there to make more money. Yep. Good to talk to you, Joseph. Everybody, thanks for listening. See you on Friday on Zoom. Yeah, coffeeloversradio.com/slash/zoom. Come hang out, have coffee, chill. Yep. Cheers, Joseph. Cheers. This has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.